Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. This week's Law and Order Mar- Whoa. Did it again. I'm just nervous. I just get nervous. We haven't done this in a while. This week's Law and Order Marathon winner. No. <laughs> this week's Law and Order Marathon winner is James Hall from Grantsville, Maryland. James will get a marathon decal showing he watched 26.2 hours of his favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Rebecca Kennedy. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And this week, we're looking at Special Victims Unit Season 19, Episode 20, The Book of Esther. She is a competent adult. Labatt knows his rights, and there's nothing we can do. She's not competent. She was brainwashed. She was, she was, she was tied up, Liv. She was starved. I understand that. But in New York State, there is no crime that we can charge him with. Joining me to do that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. I'm not actually based on a real person or event. No, that's why should you be? <laughs> There's no black card announcing that, which means I definitely am based on a real person or event. Uh, well, it's the black card that uh, if you don't see that, then you know you're completely made up. Exactly. Rounding out our panel is our very special guest, actress Rebecca Kennedy. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Now, this is, I think, the first time we've had a Rebecca who's a guest. Yes. So what I'm going to do is, Rebecca Lavoy. I'm just going to call you Lavoy. Okay. So that way, Rebecca, we can just call Rebecca, Rebecca. Sounds good. So there's no no confusion. No confusion. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want you to answer the silly questions I'm throwing at my wife. Um, I'm not going to save the surprise. I'm just going to say right up at the... For the beginning, Rebecca Kennedy is our guest because she was the guest star in this episode. She was a star star. She was a star. She played Esther in the Book of (laughs) Esther. You don't get more starry than that. I know. I can't believe it. And so, Rebecca, we have had on an actress who played the dead body. Yeah, that's super exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's the closest we've ever come. (laughs) Yeah, it's the closest we've ever come to anything really great. And we're going to talk a little later in the show when we get to our talk about the cast we'll ask you some more about what your experiences were like but i do want to know because our guest who was the body had a trailer and it said mm. the body <laughs> so i'm curious about your trailer do you think you you had a trailer that was nicer than the bodies um i don't know what kind of trailer she had but i did have a nice a nice trailer so i can't 
I can't complain. Um, it was nice and cozy and big and I had a couch I sl- slept on a few times and it was it was nice. But I don't know what she had. All the M&Ms you could eat. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask, were you ever a fan of Law & Order before you, of any of the Law & Orders before you came on? Yeah, I've watched Law & Order, the, the original growing up. Um, big fan of SVU as well. Still watch it, still keep up with it. Um, so it was a real, real treat to be on it as an actor, you know, at, and as a fan <laughs> and hard not to fangirl a bit, too. You know. <laughs> so of all the franchises, Rebecca, which two cops are your favorite Law & Order detective team? Favorite Law & Order detective team. I mean, I got to go, I think, with like the women, you know, yeah. Mariska and, and Kelly, I think. You know. I don't know why you would pick those Olivia two. Olivia and Rollins. Yeah, Olivia and Rollins. They had your back. They had your back. Well, they absolutely did. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, they tried. They really tried. They did their best. Not that the guys weren't great, but you know, I got to go for them because yeah. you know. In the end, it really didn't work out for you with them. So <laughs> no, I didn't. Just saying. <laughs> and who's your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. I don't know. You've put me on the spot. Everybody um, likes to say a Jack McCoy and somebody else. <laughs> Not everybody. Yeah. Some people are like Stephanie Marsh. Some people say Casey. Some people say Alex Cabot. Yeah. They're choices. It's not all about Jack McCoy. I like all of those. I don't think I can pick a favorite. Can I Can I say them all? Can I say all yes. of those? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, all of those. <laughs> all of them. And even Peter Stone, who wasn't in this episode. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Special Victims Unit Season 19, Episode 20, The Book of Esther. Well, busting out of her boarded-up bedroom like the Kool-Aid man is Esther Labatt. <laughs> the disheveled and gaunt young woman escapes her home through a window and runs through the streets to the Long Island Railroad Station and then locks herself in the bathroom of the train. Take it easy. What's your name? It's okay. We'll take care of you. She said anything to either one of you? Not a word. Okay. Looks like you got hit with something there. Why don't you come on out of the bathroom? We can get you some medical attention. Okay. Rollins learns the girl's name is Esther, who is startled by everything and will eat anything, apparently. <laughs> Esther doesn't reveal much about who she is or where she's from, but the doctor says she's malnourished. Esther is dropping Bible verses like bombs, and Rollins says she's had religion drilled into her. But that's not all she's had drilled into her. Oh, jeez. Uh, I know, right? Semen is in her underwear, and it matches the DNA of someone possibly an uncle or a brother. After putting her face on the news, William Labatt turns up to claim his daughter. He says his family lives an unconventional yet religious lifestyle in New Jersey. But here's the shocker. Esther is actually 27. <gasps> Dad says that she and her brother had been caught lying together before, and the second biggest shocker, incest is not illegal in New Jersey. <laughs> True. Well, Esther agrees to return to her, with her father. Now, Amanda, who's working through her own religious upbringing shit, tells Liv that Esther has been brainwashed and is in danger, but they have no charges to hold either of them, and they leave. Okay, so we learned that Esther was told that she would be punished if she ever rode the train. Mm. And what's the first fucking thing she does? Well. She runs right to the train, <laughs> Rebecca. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How, how else am I going to get around? I don't know, but you don't have a Metro card. How'd you get on that platform? <laughs> I am sneaky. 
and really <laughs> sneaky and small and people don't notice you know people don't people don't notice me <laughs> no not while you're dancing around like you gotta pee you're so nervous yeah <laughs> well yeah that's a whole story Mm-hmm. Were you method? Did you decide not to pee for the day? So no, you could- no, I didn't have to pee, but um, I, w- I was nervous. Be- well, so in that particular situation, uh, we used a real working train that had real passengers on it. And so basically it was like, this is the take we have or we have to wait for it to come back. And so, <laughs> Don't um, blow it. This is just as the 817's pulling in. That's yes, her right there. I was like, don't, you know, don't blow it. And then uh, I was like, okay, so I can't blow it. And then they were like, the doors, you know, when the train pulls up, the doors will be right in front of you and they'll open and you get on and you wait five seconds and then you get off, you know, so the train doesn't leave with you on it. And um, I was like, great. And so then the train pulled up and the doors were not in front of me. They were to my right and to my left. And then I was like, which do I get in because the doors work? And I, I mean, it worked out great because it looks like I'm, I'm, you know, confused and I was, and it, it all works out as, as an actor, um, works out for the best. They say the gifts, you know, they just keep on coming. So I will take it all. But I have a question about that process. Yes. Then, I was wondering, I was like, did she have to ride it all the way to Jamaica after she got on the <laughs> but, um, Anyway, so if they, so they let you on the train and then they pulled up a little bit and then they stopped the train and let you off. And I'm wondering about all those poor people on that train who were just trying to get to their damn jobs. If they were like, <laughs> Why are we stopping? Were they given a heads up that an SVU was being filmed on their commuter rail? I don't know. Um, we, we had a crew member that was on on it in case the doors closed and I got stuck on it. Um, and basically they were like, you know, wait five seconds. And then and Larry, and, put your foot in the door. Yeah. And I and I was like, great. And then I had um, when we called rolling and then action, I had a thought of I don't know if you guys are friends, fans when Ross goes and gets his spray tan and they're like, wait five seconds and turn around. And he's like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you know, and then he gets sprayed both sides. And I was like, do I wait five Mississippis or do I just count to five? And so I was like, one, two, three, four, five. And I just ran off. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure everybody was like, what is going on? So we see Esther going ham, eating a bag of M&M's, yep. a pizza, yep. and a cheesecake factory-sized bowl of hospital pudding. Yes, yes. So were you worried that the, basically your whole job as an actress was going to be eat everything they put in front of you? <laughs> well, you know, um, so the yogurt was the first week, and the Eric, the man uh, who plays the doctor didn't actually realize because you know his back was to me and so won't answer any questions about her medical history i thought she's bathed in weeks okay what about a rape kit did she say she'd been assaulted no but she she's so traumatized i wouldn't be surprised he said after he watched the episode he's like i didn't realize how much yogurt you were eating (laughs) while we were filming because i didn't see it and you know so every time we did a take i had to start you know, fresh and pretend like I hadn't eaten anything. And, and, you know, they were nice and asked me what kind of yogurt I liked. Um, so that was kind. And then I love, I'm a big sugar fan. So, uh, eating the M&Ms, it was a mix of M&Ms and and Reese's pieces. That wasn't a problem. Nice. I was actually wondering what kind of candy that was. And then of course, when Rollins says that she does the same trick with her dog. Here you go. Come here. Come here. Look, me and you get out of the bathroom, off this train. We can talk some more, okay? Okay, easy, easy, easy. You got it. Works with Franny. 
But Franny's a dog. Right? Isn't that what she said? Yeah. It works for Franny. It works yeah. for, 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 for for Franny. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you're not supposed to give a dog M&M's, my friend. Yeah, chocolate's <laughs> bad for them. <laughs> well, I think it was the, the incentive, the treat incentive. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. But the pizza, I only had to take a bite, which was helpful because it was not great. I just kept thinking, like, they keep bringing this poor girl all this food. Could they just bring her some dry shampoo, please? <laughs> yes, yes. Please? Um, yeah. You know, it's great as an actor, though, because you don't have to worry about what your hair looks like. Um, some days they were like, you know what, don't don't wash it. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, in true SVU fashion, uh, they get that DNA test on the semen back faster than they get the pizza delivery. <laughs> Yeah. That doesn't happen in real life. No, it's actually pretty incredible. It is. But it's not the first time that they'll say, boy, that was fast. Yes, it's true. <laughs> at least they, you know, at least they put that in. They put, <laughs> you know, they rib a little that they realize that it's too so fast. <laughs> hey, let's take a look at our cast. Hey, we have a very special guest star, Lavoy. We do? Yes. It's our very special guest star. It's Ms. Rebecca Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Playing the role of Esther. The uh, glamorous you, role. Yeah. Yes. I was very <laughs> attractive in it. <laughs> scared. I'm your father. But the Lord says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I uphold you with my righteous hand. You get to see her in such films as To the Bone, Season of the Witch, and House Hunting. She's also appeared on ABC Station 19. In CBS's Criminal Minds. She's a real actor. And many great things. More to come. She's a great actress. I got to ask, what was the audition process like? So it was crazy. So because I live in L.A., uh, I sent a self-tape because casting is in New York, obviously, because they film in New York. And so I sent a self-tape in on uh, Monday. And on Thursday, I found out um, that I got it. And then I was on a plane on Sunday, and we started filming on Tuesday. So what do they tell you? Like, the good news is you're going to be on network TV. The bad news is we're going to make you look like a cancer patient who just got out of the shower. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's not so bad because you don't have to worry about looking good. So yeah. that kind of takes this, the pressure off of it. Um, but, yeah, it was a very quick process. Um, and, yeah, it was couple days and that was it so you know sent to take i have to say I'm, I'm very relieved that this is this show where we have like, oh, the yeah. lead actress as our guest because i'm being honest i'm being honest and if you listen to this podcast ever you'll know i'm always honest about the quality of the performances on the show <laughs> good or bad you were very good in this show and now i understand why they oh, cast you because you. the idea that you had to play this person who is supposed to be uh an adult who looks like a child and who has the demeanor of a very smart but uh obviously traumatized child like you nailed it you nailed it <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm not surprised they cast you so quickly. Yeah. Oh, well, thank now, you. No, if very you did much. a horrible job, we would probably say the same thing because no, we're not monsters. I but... just wouldn't say a thing. I would be no. like, this is nice. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> the acting quality all around was really great. You would just be like, you know, we don't need you on as a guest. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't actually see the episode. <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. How how were the uh, the lead actors to work with? Were they? I mean, they have just people churning through every week in these guest roles was it like did you feel like it was part of the actors factory or were they considerate well what would you say yeah that you know I worked all eight days on it and it they were wonderful generous kind um encouraging uh didn't treat me like an outsider 
um, like you said, they have new people coming in every two weeks to do a new episode. And it's a lot of people to, to get to know and to learn their names and, and to care. And, (laughs) you know, and they did, you know, um, yeah, I worked, you know, as you guys know, especially close with Kelly and, you know, she was so wonderful, kind offset, and then just a generous actor. You know, we would do stuff that wasn't in the script and, and she would always go with it and I would always go with it and we would just play off each other. And that was um, something that, you know, doesn't always happen. And so, you know, I can't really say enough nice things about them um, as a, as a group. They are super, you know, kind and welcoming and the crew too. Like they were, they were wonderful and wanted to, you know, make the best episode and for my performance to be the best that it could be and, and, you know, helpful in that way. So yeah, I can't say anything bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, like, I, do you have any, any good, like, behind-the-scenes secrets? Like, I know Ice-T doesn't eat bagels. Did you actually catch him <laughs> maybe nibbling, noshing a bit? And I did not see him eating any bagels, but, hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't say I saw any bagels being eaten by him. <laughs> or um, anybody. These people are anybody. all very fit, Kevin. They don't eat bagels. I don't remember <laughs> bagels, but I do remember, like, apples and peanut butter. <laughs> hey, I mean, the fans still reach out. They seem to love you. I, I was checking your Instagram, and, you know, I think there was, like, fan art and people reaching out, and they loved the show, and so they loved you. Yeah, the response has been incredible. Um, even two years later, people are still uh, reaching out, and um, people that are watching it for the first time or watching it for the 20th time or whatever, you know what? I I knew that the fan base was big, but I didn't know how kind they would be to me mm-hmm. and how accepting and how um, generous. And so that's been I'm super grateful for that. And also, you know, a bit surprised because you never you never know how people are going to uh, take a character, and um, especially playing someone like that, where I've gotten a lot of messages of people that ne- you know haven't necessarily been through that, but have related to her in some way, um, and have thanked me for putting that on screen and that's really special um i wouldn't trade that for you know for anything so i've I've been wondering if you are a guest star on law and order or svu especially svu now obviously this episode is going to be shown thousands of times (laughs) on usa and all the networks that sort of have the franchise i mean you're basically a, a piece of svu history and it's not like you know another kind of show where you're on, maybe they rerun it once or twice and that's it. Like you're going to be on this episode forever. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> you know, it feels amazing. I think the show is incredible. I think they tell really awesome stories. I, you know, and I, and I say that too, as a behind the scenes, you know, being as kind and generous as they are, like they deserve that. They deserve mm. a show that's been on for so long. Nice. Um, and, you know, it's funny because, like you mentioned, I did uh, Station 19 earlier this year and uh, I was in the preview for the episode and there were a lot of comments that were like, hey, it's Esther from SVU. <laughs> and I'm like, I will forever, I think, be Esther from SVU, which I will happily take. I'm, you know, I, I loved her character. I loved the episode. I loved um, the way she was written and I really loved playing her. So I'll take it. 
It's too bad you can't come back and make another appearance. On well, she can't. We have, there's a lot of repeat offenders, just not as Esther, apparently. <laughs> we, we tried to pitch an episode of me coming back as a ghost, you know, but they weren't, <laughs> they weren't having it. So. That's a very special victim, as a ghost. Hey, yes. Let's be generous to the other actors for a moment okay. here. We have a Hey, It's That Guy. We do. Lavoy, can you tell me who is playing the dad, William Labatt? Uh no, but I have feelings about him. <laughs> but you'll remember the name William Labatt when the fires of the apocalypse are raging around you. When you realize, just as you and your kind have turned your backs on him, so shall he turn his back on you at the second coming. Rebecca, could you tell us the name of that actor? Yes, it's Ray McKinnon. Ray McKinnon, Academy Award winner Ray McKinnon. What? He won an Oscar for writing and starring in the short film The Accountant. Okay. Uh, writer and director and creator of the Peabody Award winning Rectify. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. 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 And you've seen him as Reverend Smith on Deadwood, hmm. Lincoln on the, the Sons of Anarchy, and as one of the nerds from Apollo 13. That all makes sense. The nerds who saved the astronauts. It all yeah. makes sense. And yeah. in this show, I mean, he, he, you can see him in that type. He looks like he's on Deadwood. Look, he, look, he walked out of Deadwood and onto this show, right? <laughs> yeah. But he also has this incredibly creepy vibe on the show. Like, he is the guy who would 100% pull out a guitar and non-consensually serenade you <laughs> with yes. like some cheesy 70s folk song that you are not interested in hearing. Like he is that guy. He's so creepy on this episode. Yeah, Ray McKinnon surely, you know, um, got into the part. He certainly had a very particular personality. What is he like in real life? He's wonderful. He's nothing like his character, thankfully. <laughs> um, you know, he told me that uh, he didn't, you know, they just, they wrote the character for him and then oh. offered him the part. And he was like, I read it and I'm thinking, is this what you think of me? <laughs> it's like, yes, no. Um, no, he was great. Kind, funny, always making jokes. But then when you're, when you're working, when you're filming, he is connected. He's there with you. You know, it's like a flip of a switch. Um, he's a different person, but is generous and kind off screen as well. So he would, I, you know, I wish I had actually had more scenes with him um, in the episode because that would have been really cool to work with him more. So hopefully in the future I'll get to work with him again. Now, uh, Lavoy, can yes. you tell me the name of the actress playing the conductor? No, but I can tell you I had feelings about her too. All right, we'll put a pin in that for just one second. <laughs> Wait, I'll just say it. Yeah. She was way nicer than any Long Island Railroad conductor <laughs> I have ever met. <laughs> End of the line, last stop. You okay in there? Hey, you hear me? You gotta get off the train now. <laughs> way more patient, way cooler, because you know when that train Well, that stops, story is fictional, not based and, on any... Well, yeah. when poor Rebecca, a.k.a. Esther, wouldn't come out of the bathroom, all she could think of is the thousands of people who were going to be late for work, <laughs> and it was all going to be her fault. Yeah, that was what my thought process was. Like, <laughs> these people and their work schedules... That actress is uh, Margaret Rose Champagne, comedian, improv actress. She was a regular on Inside Amy Schumer. But Lavoie, you will remember her as the narrator of the Investigation Discovery show Pretty Bad Girls. I've never seen that show. Who did the, oh, sure you did, because <laughs> there was an episode called When Cougars Attack, based on my book, Wicked Intentions, about the Sheila Labar case, featured me as the expert commentator. And guess what? Rebecca Kennedy, you're not the only TV star on this podcast. Hey, I am thankful to share the spotlight. <laughs> Now, there is a lot of great acting in this episode, as we have said. And again, we're not just saying that. But for Rollins, as a character here, we're starting to see 
the cracks in her her many grievances she has against her family that we've seen throughout the years. Oh, yeah, this goes way past the Sunday school indoctrination my mom made me sit through. And this is a form of control. It's a way to discourage analytical thinking. Or a place to turn if she's lost or in pain. Or scare you into thinking you're going to burn in hell if you if you wear a skirt above your knee. I think Rollins is actually an outstanding character. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is like the way that they evolved Kelly Giddish's character after she came on the show. She sort of first comes on and she's like um, supposed to be this like naive Southern, yeah, Yeah, and everyone sort of sees her that way. We find out very quickly that she has a gambling problem, and that's sort of layer one. Uh, Later, we meet her insane sister. That's layer two, and her insane mother. And then forget the insane dad. Yep, and then much later in the series, we learn she was sexually assaulted by her uh, supervisor in the in the police, you know, department in Atlanta. And it was all like this layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. But my favorite layer of Ron's character is her resentment about the way she grew up because she's in New York now. She's got a black partner. She's dealing with all kinds of people across the spectrum and diversity is like everywhere. And you can tell that she knows like her parents would not have been cool with it. And she has a lot of simmering resentment about that. And I love that part of her character. Rebecca, you've been a fan of the show. So you know this character when you're you know kind of working there and you, you hear like th- this is her dialogue. You know, as a fan, you're like, you already know where this character's coming from, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I think Kelly is a fantastic actor. Like, I really, I mean, alone, just the scene in my episode at the end, you know, when she finds out that she was the one that was the reason I died. um, You know, I I knew what was coming, but still watching the episode for the first time, I was in tears, you know, Mm. watching her. Um, And I know as an actor, the on to get to that place multiple times, multiple takes, and you don't have a lot of time in TV to get there is an incredible skill. And she, I think, is just really extraordinary. So I was uh, today many years old when I found out there's no law against incest in New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. The actual hell. It does explain a lot, though. Well, it also, I mean, when you seem to talk about the fact that the incest storyline is completely dropped in this episode. If there is one flaw, it is that that is just completely unexplored. It's just dropped. It's like, oh, it's their brother. Cool, I guess that's not important. Let's move on. It's almost like story. that's the hook why it's an SV. Why yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think something like that. But yes, that was definitely sort of like, I imagine, I always imagine, Rebecca, that there's like three hours and they have to cut a bunch to make it tight. And I'm always yeah. like, I guess, they, I guess they cut out that part. Where yeah, the brother... there's always more, more <laughs> that they can't put in. Because, you know, you write more than then you can only put in, what, 42 minutes or whatever it is without exactly. commercials. Did you so. shoot more that didn't make it? No. I'm, I'm trying to think back. No, I didn't shoot anything that did not make the cut. She's that um, good. You didn't want to waste any of it. <laughs> She's that yeah. good. No, I mean, that's very kind. Um, the yeah, body can't. person like had some lines and they cut them all and she just ended up being the body. Aww. She just ended up being dead. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That, that happens, you know, and then you're like, watch, you know, you tell everyone to watch your episode and then you're like, sorry, guys. <laughs> it didn't happen to you. I mean, it'd be 35 minutes that they cut out. You know, they the show. Yeah. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling.
All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Well, Amanda uses her mental health day to check up on the Labatt's New Jersey address. She and the landlord find the home full of squalor, but the family is not there. That's when they get a clue from the nosy neighbor. When's the last time you saw the family? They moved out a couple of months ago. Mm. Did you ever notice anything unusual about them, maybe with the kids? Oh, they stayed inside mostly. Debbie told me that they were licensed as a home school. Debbie? Oh, the lady of the house. She paid me to forward their mail. I'm going to need that address. Rollins tails the Labatt's van to a bowling alley where all nine kids pop out wearing matching T-shirts. It's cute in the most disturbing way possible. (laughs) Neighbors say the kids were seen marching in the house late at night, but... They mind their own business, so who are we going to (laughs) call? Later, Rollins sneaks into their backyard and hears cries for help from the basement. There's a little girl chained to a radiator. So Rollins jimmies her way into the house and is soon greeted by William Labatt, his sons, and their automatic weapons. Well, after they kick her out, instead of going home to contemplate the effects of her off-books investigation and her (laughs) warrantless entry of private property, Rollins calls the SWAT team to surround the house. She tries to negotiate Esther's release, but William says she must shelter with them until the end of days. SWAT members try to breach the home with a spy camera, and they take on fire. And that's when everyone's shooting like it's the OK Corral, until someone tosses tear gas into the home and the Labatt surrender. Inside the house, they find several of the children have been killed, including Esther. At the station house, mom and dad say they were just trying to instill discipline to protect their kids from the technology-filled modern world. That's when Liv breaks it to Amanda that it was her shot that killed Esther. With the weight of the world on her shoulders, Amanda finds herself unexpectedly at a church where she slides into a pew and appears to think to herself, "Eh, not bad for a Thursday. (laughs) Well, Rebecca, this show has been on for so long that even Liv... And the rest of us knew immediately the I'm taking a day offline was just a reason to go full on stabler. Yeah. I'm thinking that I could use a mental health day or two. Really, Amanda? Because <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even fooling her. I mean, it was so funny, uh, even immediately, right? There wasn't even a yeah, second it was where a, she mm, believed her and she was like, There was like one second, and then, and then Marissa Keep goes, me in the mm. loop. Keep me in the loop. Keep <laughs> me in the loop in, of your uh, extrajudicial, probably illegal investigation. Keep <laughs> me in the loop, Amanda. Do it. All right, don't bother taking a day off. You're on. And then use your work computer to start the extrajudicial, probably (laughs) illegal investigation. (laughs) Again, you can't. Can't go too closely into things. <laughs> yeah, don't, let, don't read too much into it. <laughs> was I the only one who thought, like, when they went into that squalid house in Tom's River, that it was like a before on Good Bones on HGTV? I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't open the fridge. Don't open the fridge. Don't open the fridge. <laughs> How many people lived here? I have no idea. He said he had lots of kids, but... <gasps> There's a dead rabbit in there. Oh. <sighs> What's crazy, so that house, you know, that she first goes in and it's all gross, you know, um, we obviously didn't film in that house, but we filmed the ambulance scene right in the ambulance right outside of that house. It was like the next scene they were doing. And so I had to go to the bathroom and um, I always have to go to the bathroom before I shoot just because I'm a nervous peer, I guess. But and so they were like, oh, you can come into the house to use the bathroom. And it smelled so bad. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, wow, you guys did, like, an awesome job with the house. Like, it even smells bad. And they were like, no, it, that came with the house. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's 
you know, that's intense. <laughs> Someone made that call. Hey, Larry, can you find me a really de- decrepit, squallery house? Yes. Sure, I got yes. one. It's on 57th Street. Call yeah. your friend at Hoarders. <laughs> yeah, you wonder, like, how do they find houses that are just already set up? <laughs> but we need room for Bible verses on the wall, so right. it's very particular. Yeah. Take down all the family photos so we can paint those. Yeah, we find out that not only is William Labatt a zealot, He's also really cheap. <laughs> Each kid got to pull one frame. It was like some kind of reality show. Yeah. Outfits are a bit much, but other than that, it looks like a pretty normal family outing. Yeah, William bought five hot dogs and broke them in half for the kids. So <laughs> the kids all bowl one frame and they split five hot dogs. Yes. And it's obviously there's like no soft drinks. But he's not too cheap to go to the custom t-shirt store to have That's true. sweatshirts printed up with bowling pins on them with numbers. Well, his wife may have made those. Oh. Oh, which great job with yeah. the you know. the hot, the screen printing. In her hoarding craft room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what else room. is she going to do with her time? <laughs> why Why does like living off the grid mean you have to be a disgusting squalid hoarder in this instance? That's what I was wondering. He's like, he's like the, the, the filth of technology. And uh, the good news was he believed in climate change. Good for him. Okay. But like, why have all of the squalor? How does that help? He doesn't believe in Lysol. Oh. No. Or bathing or. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that waste, that's that's water that you're wasting that you have to pay a bill. So ah. the less water you ah, use. Right. The, you it all know, makes like sense. It, it goes back to him being cheap. Hmm. Not for nothing, though, but they had kind of a nice refrigerator in the alley next to their house. It was like new <laughs> stainless steel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Thanks for focusing. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I always, I'm always taking like careful notes on these episodes. But back to the bowling alley. <laughs> okay. He might be cheap, but he still had to rent ten pairs of shoes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Maybe they got it. Maybe they got a discount for a group. <laughs> That's why you don't get a Pepsi. <laughs> Drink from the bubbler like Jesus taught you to. Uh, <laughs> did you get to keep that bowling pin T-shirt? No, I should have. I should have asked. What did like, they need it for? What are they going to do with it? Are, yeah, I mean, they clearly, like, unless they repurpose it, I guess, for something else. Um, They're going to put it in the SVU Museum, like Princess Di's <laughs> outfits. Yeah, I would love that. I should have asked. I mean, I don't know why I'd wear it here, but having it in my closet would have been... Um, Oh, but if I saw it on a mannequin, I would know exactly which show that was. Yeah. I was like, like, oh, like yeah. In a thrift shop in New York. That's the bowling alley shootout one <laughs> where everybody was late for work on the train. <laughs> so how does Rollins convince the SWAT team to come down? Uh, I just got kicked out of a house unharmed after I broke it in the basement without a warrant. Can I get back up? <laughs> well, because... Are you asking or are you as a rhetorical No, I'm question? asking. It was both a rhetorical. It's not a serious question, <laughs> Rebecca, if you haven't figured it out by now. Well, there was also the whole, like, seeing a child chained up. That's true. That's true. Well. And there was the long guns. And the gun laws in New York are stricter than they are other places, Kevin. Oh, okay. Boy, it all know. makes sense now. I mean, I imagine <laughs> if you saw a child chained or radiator, that would give you enough. I would say she you don't had have probable to be, cause. You though. don't have to be part of the elite squad to understand that if you see a child change to a radiator, <laughs> something's wrong. Probable cause. Yeah. Probable yeah. cause. Right? And, and she was a minor, unlike me. So, Are you, you know. sure? Yeah, she might have been 30. <laughs> I mean, she might have been 30. I mean, technically, I was the oldest. <laughs> she didn't look nearly as hungry as you, though. I mean, she didn't. <laughs> I was wearing the number one bowling. You were the number one pin, yes. She was like the Liesel of this family. Yes. Well, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't one. Wasn't that the parents? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like three or whatever. It's been, it's been a while since I've looked at the bowling, my bowling shirt. 
The SWAT team says, okay, we want to put a camera in. There's a blind spot in the northeast corner of that house. We're going to put a couple of guys on the roof with a pole cam. You cannot move in on that That'll house. That'll destroy any trust that we've built up with him. I need eyes in there. Captain. If the bot starts to lose it, I can respond before it's too late. Give me one hour before you escalate Lieutenant, this. Lieutenant, stand down. There is this blind spot <laughs> over by the garage. They can't see us there. No, but they do see you carrying this giant ladder. <laughs> Walking over. Bump, 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 bump. You totally gave yourself away. And they do see you through their clear skylight. The skylight. <laughs> what which is, is not opaque. It's actually clear. And the guy was like just looking down into it. I'm guessing they probably saw that. <laughs> they probably they heard the giant footsteps on the roof. <laughs> we have a really good hearing. Really good hearing. You guys wouldn't think it was Santa Claus, right? No. I also wouldn't expect a turf war between Manhattan and Queens. <gasps> As always, right? Yeah. You take a step in our yard, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have this incredible gun battle. And I think NBC spent all of their special effects money on this one episode. Perhaps. They saved up. So we're not going to do any shooting in the first the, the 19 tank? episodes. Supposedly, the tank they had was like ridiculous. Like, I, I can't remember what the they said. The Bearcat. Yeah. 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 Like, just, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, we there's a lot of cutaways. These guys shooting, that guy shooting. She's close up on that. Can you give us a. Was it like, okay, we're going to set up and you guys shoot? Okay, break down. Now you guys shoot, or did this all happen at once? What? No, you got you weren't there for that. I wasn't there. Or oh. I was inside if I if I was there. Hmm. I forgot, you're dead. <laughs> Where I came out and then he brought me back in. So most of most of that I spent inside the house, um, hanging out. Um so I or I wasn't there. So I don't know exactly how they did all that. But I do know that there was a lot of um people watching, fans watching, setting up like set up lawn chairs so they might be able to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> the nice folks of Douglaston Queens the show uh, dinner they got show. a whole show you know uh, <laughs> waiting for them to come out to wave to them you know it's very I was like oh that's so sweet <laughs> hmm. well, we get to like go inside after the shootout and that's where we see Esther dead lying flat on her back I have to say I, I'm so sorry that happened I, to you I, I'm, I don't you. want to be critical of your acting skills but as a body I think it was pretty kind of flat they didn't have you like bend an elbow or you just seem to be reclined that's what they wanted i don't know that's what they want and they wanted my eyes open which was really hard oh have you ever, i mean i don't know if the other dead body had her eyes open i don't know because i don't know what uh, she, she, no, she was about. on a table so she, she was yeah. on the floor with a remember the yes the blood cross across and then we also the saw her on the table oh yeah she yeah, yeah she had the autopsy scene too yeah. oh, okay yeah. um but it is hard to keep your eyes open and not blink. And not look at the, you know, everybody's standing over And not look over. when everyone is, um, well, and, and that, for that scene, they used like a steady cam, And so they would kind of just swing it wherever to get mm -hmm. the different reactions. And so I was kind of like, always had to be like, when can I, you know, take a rest of my eyes? It's hard. It's hard to be dead. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be dead. I was hoping they'd just have to like, bend an arm or something. Well, there, you know, okay, one of those so kind of there is technical things also where like oh. kitchens are small areas <laughs> are small you have to fit the cast in to look at you whereas if you it's all it's sometimes you have to consider that yes. oh right so the, your your dead body is like a tetris 
piece. Yes, there was no room. There was no, no room. room. There was no room to have no, your. No, it was a real house, not a set. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine that she got shot and just like fell, fell back. She didn't know what happened. She didn't, she know, didn't what know what happened. She didn't even know it hit her. So sadly. So Benson gets to channel her inner Kragen. It's too bad we can't rain down Amanda. some biblical punishment Amanda. on you. Re- Amanda. Amanda. My office now. My office now. No. Yes. <laughs> so she says that the kids should have still been wearing those numbered bowling pin t-shirts because Amanda, you did the 710 split and oh. took out Esther. Preliminary ballistics came back on the siege at the Labatt house. That was fast. You fired the bullet that killed Esther Labatt. Oh. Oh. That's, I think, really the emotional high point, or I guess low point, if you will, of of this episode. Yeah, even though they found that out five minutes later when there had to be like 700 bullets. As Rebecca will tell you, Lavoy, (laughs) don't look too closely. (laughs) You can't. But but even the character says... Boy, that was fast. <laughs> Again, you know, it's like a nod. They, got, they nod. We know it. Remember, we know. <laughs> 700 bullets were fired. Preliminary ballistics. They, yes. This is the first one. That, yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> and maybe they, you know, they did the one that was in me first. Yes. Instead of the yeah. one that was in the cops that were shot. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm most important here. All right. <laughs> so Obviously. they were like, put a rush on this one. That's right. Who has the cleanest corpse? She does. (laughs) Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. This episode is based on the story of the Turpin family in 2010. David and Louise Turpin left Texas for California. Neighbours said the new residents kept to themselves and their 13 children were silent and less spoken to. Relatives were prevented from visiting the home. While the couple's Facebook page displayed photos of a happy family on frequent vacations, inside the home, the children were often chained up and allowed to shower only once a week. They were rarely fed, 
and regularly beaten and sexually abused by both parents. One of the daughters spent two years planning an escape and in January 2018, the 17-year-old sneaked out of an open window. When sheriffs raided the house, they discovered the kids covered in filth, with some still shackled to their beds. They were so malnourished, officials thought they were all minors, when in fact half of them were over 18. After initially asserting their innocence, the Turpins pleaded guilty to charges of torture, false imprisonment and cruelty. In 2019, David and Louise Turpin received sentences of 25 years to life for their crimes and are serving time in two California state prisons. That story was incredible of that girl who made the escape. Right. Yeah. If you think about living that way your whole life and then like building up the fortitude to leave... Like, you know, I mean, you played that character for two weeks, Yeah, you know, and that, yeah. that's like, that's rough. Yeah. You know, we joke, obviously, through through this through this episode about some of it. But in reality, you know, what you what they actually went through, it was, you know, obviously horrifying and nothing that any child or not child should go through. Um, and that was, you know, one of my concerns playing her was that I wanted to do her justice. I wanted mm anyone that had ever been through any kind of abuse to look at that and not think that I was unrealistic or not making, you know, poking fun or or just coming off as something that wasn't true to life. And so that was something that was really, you know, a concern of mine and what what I wanted to to, uh, portray her with the utmost respect um, because of the real, you know, even though it's technically like loosely based, you know, where they get the idea, it's not, you know, I'm not playing her, like you said, to, have that kind of strength and yep. fortitude and courage to escape a situation like that where she indeed did save her family, her, you know, save her siblings um, is incredible. You know, it I is. don't know as a person if I would have that kind of strength, you know, myself. So the Turpins, uh, the parents were crazy about Disney. Yeah. Which was this weird detail kind of got everybody. Which is expensive, by the way. Yeah. But one of the things that the the press, uh, you know, latched onto were all these photographs of them at Disney World. They took all twelve kids on a regular basis, and they were all seen ma- wearing matching T-shirts. All the boys had Toy Story. All the girls had Wizards of Waverly Place, which was on cable. So I don't know what the hell. How did they? they I don't know if they had cable TV, but it was in the Disney Channel. It was Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah, Disney Channel. Can you imagine those trips though? It's like, come on, kids, one more time on the Matterhorn. We got to get back to the radiator. I know. I can you imagine being those kids and yeah. then like being out in the world and seeing normal people and knowing the way they lived? I I wondered when I saw that story if. There's a thing when you're a kid that you think everyone's life is just like yours. It's hard to imagine that it isn't. You know, you imagine that everybody has the same food in their refrigerator that you do. You imagine that everybody, you know, has enough clothes. You imagine. I just think about these poor kids imagining that when they saw other kids, that other kids were also going home to terrible situations. Like, to some extent. Right. I mean, to some extent, they had to, like, not be even able to imagine that it would be normal. But then to be in Disney. Right, Disneyland, wherever they would take them. Like, it wasn't like going to the bowling alley. No, it was it was freaking I wish, Disneyland. I wish SVU had taken us to Disney. Um, <laughs> hey, they, they spent all the money on the Bearcat. They couldn't do yeah. that. <laughs> Custom T-shirts. As I imagine, as a kid, um, you wouldn't know any different. You would think mm. that this is what normal life is until you know until the oldest girl realized like this was never going to change unless she did something about it. Now, in April, a lawyer for the uh, the kids, the family, uh, gave an interview and said that the kids are doing remarkably well. Yeah. I mean, really, they're assimilating in the community, and the adults are getting jobs, planning careers. 
he revealed that there was a uh, a, a first attempt at an escape mm. before the the successful one. He said that uh, most of the the kids, they, the parents had taken all the kids to Las Vegas oh so they could renew their vows, right? And they had a great time there, so they decided, let's go to Las Vegas. So they called a cab, and a cab was going to take them to Vegas, but the thing was, they didn't know where to tell the cab to pick them up. Oh, because they didn't know their address? They didn't know their address. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Well, that was a detail that kind of came through in the episode, because poor Esther didn't know her address Yeah, that's true. She was like, it's a house with white trim. Knew where the train was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the train must be on the way to the bowling alley, right? <laughs> you run until you see it. <laughs> <laughs> in Long Island, you'll get to a train eventually. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter where you go. You're just going somewhere. The lawyer also said, and I'm not making this up, not as a joke, he said that when the pandemic hit, yeah. The kids were fine. They were perfectly fine staying indoors. Yeah, they've been training for it. They've this. been training for it. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. They're probably the best equipped of any of us. It's amazing that they're doing so well. I'm actually like, yeah. the resilience that people can have after getting yeah. out of the worst scenarios like really brings me hope. It also brings me hope to see how beautiful and healthy in real life our guest Rebecca oh my goodness. Kennedy is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I hope that we don't find what we saw. I, I, I have to tell you, Rebecca, watching this episode, I just imagine like, you know how actors pull out like a photo of a scene they were in, like for their book yeah. or whatever. I wish, like, this is like yeah. not a glamour shot one for you, probably. Right? Oh, you should see her shot from uh, Station 19, where she's all covered in burns. Oh, boy. Yeah, blood. They just like dumped. Yeah, just like <laughs> covered in blood. That was the end. I also died in that one, too. I, I'm... I'm working on living. I'm working on living. <laughs> you say, oh, what a glamorous job it is. Look at my Instagram. I'm horrible and all this stuff. I want to be a movie star. Doing terrible in every, in every TV show I've done. <laughs> they keep killing me. They keep killing me. Well, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our very special guest, Rebecca Kennedy. Rebecca, where can our listeners follow you online? You can find me on Instagram at Becca, B-E-K-A-H-K, and on Twitter, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, Kennedy. And where are we going to see you on a screen again soon? Uh, well, you uh, like you said, uh, I have an episode of Station 19. People can still check out on ABC.com or Hulu. It's uh, season three, episode 15 called Bad Guy, where I got to be the bad guy. So that was really fun. I have a movie called Limbo that's out right now with James Purefoy. And then I have a couple movies coming up. Uh, one called A Dark Foe with Graham Greene and Selma Blair. And another called Los Angeles, uh, where I play a mute and then hopefully more more to come and to talk about. That's awesome. And Rebecca Lavoie, where can our listeners follow you? I have no films coming out, but <laughs> if you, you want should. to see pictures of my dog, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Reb Lavoie. And you can tweet to us at Law & Order Pod, or you can follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Special thanks to the elite squad of the Law & Order Wiki community for preserving the evidence. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. In a fast-paced world... 
Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.